morning and welcome to the main event of TGIF. Franchise players JP Monday, Ryan Stone with you on a glorious Friday. And Ryan, I, I want the world to know that I am a gamer. I am I am toughing things out. Good. Because, because I have a student in the school system where everybody is sick. <laughs> And the little jerk got me sick, and uh, uh, and uh, but but I'm here, I'm here, I'm 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 on the tail end of it, and I just wanted to let you know that um, I I am I am truly a franchise player. Okay. Not really, not really. I just really want to eat nachos and curl up with my cat on the couch. But I, I have had a chance over the last couple of days to take a look at some hoops. I know we've been engulfed in football for the last three months, and there's nothing at all wrong with that, like nothing. Mm-mm. But I finally started watching some hoops, and what in the world is the problem? What I mean by that is that's the question that I hear being asked by college basketball fans this week after UNC, mm-hmm. once the number one ranked team in the country, they have lost three straight and their best win on the season is, take your pick, it's either over JMU or UNC Wilmington. I'm going to probably guess JMU. That's what I, I, JMU's been pretty good, so I think yeah, it's probably JMU. I, they haven't played well despite their wins. They, they haven't played consistently well in any game. No. And I, I was, I'd love to take credit for this take, but I'm not going to. Uh, it's a user on Twitter. His name is uh, Doc Heelfire. He's also Doc Kennedy. He says UNC is the same team they were last year, oh, yeah, which yeah. was uh, which was a bubble team in late February that caught lightning in a bottle for four weeks. Okay. Now I don't agree with that necessarily, but I do agree that they have yet to play well this season. Much you know, much less a team that's supposed to be a Final Four contestant. Now, our boss, the boss man says it's November, and it doesn't matter. We all know that that's how Carolina is and good teams are. They'll take their lumps, and they'll be there at the end. But I don't necessarily know that they're going to be there if they can't figure out this offense. We they're kinda, dreadful to look at. We, we kinda, yeah, but here's the thing. We say that about young teams that have a lot to figure out. Not a team that brought back 75% of what they were last season when they made the Final Four. Like, that's, I don't care what anybody says. They can lie to themselves all they want. That's concerning. They should be rolling some of these teams that they're struggling with. And honestly, that take is not that wrong because we didn't have Final Four expectations for UNC last season. Nobody did. Nobody, nobody thought they'd be a tournament team. Nobody thought they would be that great last season. They they outperformed in the NCAA tournament. Kudos to them. I don't believe that teams make the Final Four by accident. I give them all the credit for that. But I watched the end of that Alabama game on Sunday, the third place game in the Phil Knight Invitational. Okay. They, they ran the same offense at the end of regulation and all in almost every overtime until they lost. And that was just simply putting the ball in Caleb Love's hands and letting him do whatever. And he never took a good shot. So here's my take on Caleb Love at this point. Caleb Love right now. I'm not saying it can't change and it can't get better. But Caleb Love right now is Austin Rivers at Duke. And what I mean by that oh is... my. When Austin Rivers hit that shot and Duke won that game, that they had no business beating that UNC team. No business. But when Austin Rivers hit that shot, it made him think he was on top of the world. And Coach K, because that team didn't have a ton of talent, he pretty much just had to hand the keys over to Austin Rivers at that point to run the show. What happened to that Duke team? They got beat in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying that's going to be UNC's fate. Because I believe this UNC team is better and has more talent than that Duke team did. But watching the end of that Alabama game, that's what it reminded me of. 
and the, the further problem is that Armando seems to be a little ban banged up. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think honestly, the thing to do is to sit him and get him healthy. Like, I don't, I don't think he had any business being out there last night or Wednesday night against Indiana. Um, you know, they kept bringing him over to the bench and treating him and bringing him over to the bench and treating him. And kudos to him for wanting to be a warrior. But when it comes to injuries, it is just November. <laughs> like, you don't want to make it worse and make, make it something bigger than it should be. Here's my question, Ryan. Who's the guy in that Tar Heel locker room that goes and talks to the guards? Who's the one that talks to the distributors of The Rock and says, we are not going to win unless the ball is shared? Now, the money in Chapel Hill is going to be made, literally and figuratively, with Armando Baycott. He has to get a touch in my eyes. And I'm not a basketball coach, but you've got to have ba Baycott get a touch every time down the floor. Yeah. I think I, mean, I, don't, I don't know about it. I don't know about every time, just because UNC, you know, there's such a fast break, secondary break offense. No, sure, I'm talking about in a half court set. And yeah, if, that's if, fair. if you're running a half court set and you're in a situation where you're running your offense, um, then he needs to touch it. And too many times, um, I was and, and full disclosure, I was producing uh, another game at the time, and I had it on another screen, and I had the play-by-play -play scrolling. You know how it is on Scott Stat Broadcast, mm -hmm. and it's just jacking up three after jacking up three, and I'm like, how many passes were made before these? And come to find out, none. The answer was zero. Yeah, and they got and. With the amount of talent they've got back, they should never be held to 65 points. Except for maybe when they play Virginia, and it's a 65 to 63 <laughs> type of ball game. That is literally the only time that UNC team, with the offensive talent and firepower that they have back, that is literally the only time they should be held to that few of points. At this point, I went into this week's ACC Big Ten Challenge thinking that well, Duke's not necessarily great. They're exactly what actually what you said they were going to be. But I did not have high hopes for any ACC team coming into this ACC Big Ten challenge week. And you know what? The league did pretty well. I was <laughs> they <expressing>, won. <laughs> yeah, they won the challenge. The last one, may it rest in peace. And it's going to be replaced by the SEC, which has got to – which has got to make some people in the Big Ten go really, but um, you know it's you know, in the, you know what's the but, shame of that. You know what the shame of that is. What's this that? didn't happen. This did, this happened before we could get a Coach K and Nate Oates matchup. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. That would have been that's prime time required viewing faux show. Now, shout out Wake Forest men. They went in the other night and took care of business in a tough place to play against a tough system to play against. And they took care of business in Wisconsin at the Cole Center. Uh, they come out with a win. Shout out to the Wake women as well. They go to Minneapolis and get a win over the Golden Gophers. Jewel Spear with an ice-cold-blooded three-pointer three and one to win the game for the, the Deeks. Um, so Wake Forest played well. Uh, I think Miami actually beat Rutgers. Uh, yeah, Virginia, so. of course, yeah. Virginia won. Um, I, I think, you know, it's been I, a good I, week. I think the most impressive team, honestly, was Notre Dame uh, doing what they did oh, to, a Michigan, oh. to, a Michigan, to a Michigan State team. It's been so good so far. And the Spartans have ne were never in that game. Never. Yeah. So I think, I think Notre, 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 Dame, Notre Dame might be the uh, kind of the surprise of the week. It looks like potentially. Yeah, wait, and I that's I mean, I don't like it when Notre Dame's affiliated with the with the ACC in football, but hoops. I like Mike Bray too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and the women's team is is good too. I I think that the ACC is going to be okay, I guess, come March.
but I think they're going to be one of they're going to be loaded with some of those mediocre teams that slip in to the NCAA tournament well, in favor of some some of those smaller schools. Well, here, here's here's what I'll say. I I don't know that any conference so far is that good. Like, I think. There are some teams good at the top. Like we just saw the ACC beat the Big Ten. So obviously the Big Ten is down compared to last season. Uh, I mean, I know the, the SEC has a, is pretty strong at the top. I mean, Kentucky, Auburn, uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, they're obviously pretty strong at the top. Um, I don't know how the depth of that conference necessarily is. Big 12, Texas has been really good, but outside of Texas – uh, they haven't been, hasn't necessarily been great for the uh, for the Big Twelve so far. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Iowa State and TCU, and that's it. Um, Pac twelve. I mean UCLA. I know, but outside of I think USC might be pretty decent. Oregon might be pretty decent. Outside of that, and Arizona. Arizona had a great showing out in Maui. Actually, yeah, got to throw Arizona yeah. in there. Um, and then I think the Big East is pretty solid. Um, Creighton is really good. Uh, I think you know Villanova's kind of taken some lumps of late, but we'll, so we'll see how they how they respond. I don't know that any league is that great though this season. And that's good for college basketball. I think. I think ultimately you're going to have a better sense of of who's pretty good and who's not. Um, you know, ideally, you know, and you and I have been talking about this forever. You and I would prefer that the 64 teams and, you know, you take out the automatic qualifiers from the conference tournament, whatever. Ideally, the top few teams from each major conference or excuse me, from each division one conference puts their kids in there. That's what we want to see. I don't want to see a 25 and two or 25 and four Murray state team getting kept out by 15 and 15 Georgia tech team yeah, or Texas I, tech team. I think that's, I, I guess. And that's, that's why I said when it comes to tournament expansion, the one way I would favor it is if they are going to guarantee more mid major teams when it calls for it, because, because the other, the other side of that is too like, why can't we put some of these better mid-major conference teams, like teams from the A-10 or the or any either of the Valley conferences? Why can't we put them in the 14, 15, and 16 slots and actually make things really interesting? <laughs> well, you know, a, that's <laughs> that, no, that's a great that's a great thing. But what we could do in the future, given Thursday's announcement about the college football playoff it finally expanding to 12. That is effectively, with the movement of all these teams um, to the Big Ten and whatnot, with the ACC not being a football conference whatsoever, you could just <laughs> take some of the you – could, you could just have some of these guys who don't ever get in, um, but they deserve to be, be in – Put them in the ACC because football is not going to matter. It doesn't. It's not going to matter at all. The ACC is, is, is a bad debt. The boss man said it so himself the other night. He said, because I was, I was fretting about something we're about to talk about. And he goes, it doesn't matter. ACC is a basketball conference. That's like the worst thing ever. <laughs> in 2022, yeah. that's, the, the, that's the, the worst ever. the Big East. Ever. <laughs> Uh, the Big I, East operating budget is about thirty-two dollars and forty-five cents. You know, you know what's really bad for the ACC, and it's not necessarily a bad thing in total. It's a bad thing in that I don't know how to like say it, but the best team in the ACC right now in football is not playing in the championship tomorrow night. Oh, oh yeah, and what you know what? And we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of this. And uh, by the way, we still don't have an answer as to as to what Carolina's problem is. This was supposed to be the year. This was supposed to be the year that this whole college basketball season was made easy for you and I doing the show. <laughs> this was supposed to be we two thousand. Uh, what was it? Two thousand nine, all over again. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when they just 
<laughs> you and I were looking forward to this. We would talk about the Death Star Carolina doing what they do and, and continuing on. But they lose they lose Teen Wolf, Brady Manic. <laughs> they lose yeah. Teen Wolf and all of a sudden they can't run an offense. I mean he does he did oh, he did space the floor a lot. Yeah, and I mean his rebound I think that, when he wanted to play, yeah. he could play. I think but I think they miss his floor spacing maybe the most. <laughs> and the amount of attention he kept out on the perimeter. Well, I, I, I tell you what, since since we've already talked, we've already brought it up. Let's take a break. But coming up, we're going to talk more college football. And I've got an axe to grind with the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Hey, Brian, <laughs> I've got an axe to grind with a former Carolina Panther. Oh. When we come back on the franchise players, oh. powered by Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Getting interesting. Franchise players are often referred to as the face of the franchise. Back here on the Franchise Players, JP Monday, Ryan Stone. I mean, we, we, we've already brought it up. So we might as well talk about it could the ACC have had a worse ending to a regular season I mean holy moly let's think about it let's let's go over the numbers what's the highest and I know they're still ranked ninth which is laughable but but Clemson was started the season where four five three somewhere in there okay Wake Forest made it up to number 10 I thought I think I believe and then and then state made it up there to 10 I don't, they made it to, I don't know they if they made there. it to – I don't know if they were in the top 15. I top know. 15, okay. Yeah. So, in, in the span of a week, Wake lost again, this time to Duke. Hats off to Duke. All right. A little hell they, of a season. That great season for Duke. State you know, in a, in, a normal, in a normal year, Mike Norvell at Florida State would probably win Coach of the Year. But it's got to be Mike Elko. <laughs> it has to be Elko. <laughs> yeah, that's, he's done and such full, a great job. Full disclosure: Ryan's a Florida State fan, and he's saying he's saying give it to Elko. I agree with him. Yeah. Give it to Elko. Build the statue, and, <laughs> and he needs to be in all the chaos. It's overshadowed what Elko has done. Yeah. But Duke, Duke takes care of business against Wake Forest. State beats UNC, who was coming off a loss to Georgia Tech. Okay. Yep. And they had already solidified their spot in the ACC title game. Clemson, to top things off, the cherry on top, <laughs> they lose at home to South Carolina. Yep. Good on Shane Beamer. It's almost like Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, told the league, look, we're downsizing. We're, we need you to downsize to mid-major standards. You're, for the second year in a row at least, the championship game and you can at me all you want, people. The championship game is largely inconsequential, except for however they're they're going to screw, screw Tennessee in the bowls. Somehow, Tennessee will end up in the Poulan Weed Eater Independence Bowl playing Tulsa in, in favor of Carolina or something stupid. But, you know, th- this is... Not a good look. And I understand that the the ACC championship game is a big deal. Um, normally, they would be well attended. Um, Carolina fans are going to show up for this. I think, it'll, I think it'll be well attended still. I think it's, it's two the teams fans that care. It, I, think, I mean, they, there's enough in that area that will go because it's in Charlotte, I feel like. I think I think it'll Are be sure? a, I think it'll be a decent attendance. Now now let's get to the obvious question. Is it going to be a decent game? <laughs> I don't know. It I, could it be is, a mess. It is impossible to know those two teams. This is a defense is not a, a problem. This is a complete stay away. Like I'm not betting anything on this game. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing at all. On this, you don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah, you don't yeah, know what's going to no happen. Idea. Cle- 
Clemson can't score. UNC can't stop anybody. I, UNC now all of a sudden can't score, but Clemson, their defense has never been a problem. KJ Henry's going to introduce himself <laughs> to Drake May. Yeah, probably it's a win. <laughs> I, all right, we, we, we talked about the bad. I think, and there's a lot of bad. There's no question. Yeah, let's talk about Travis Shaw. Let's talk about Travis Shaw, who played well, who's who's playing pretty well. Well, I, mean, I was going to say, actually, I think I know Carolina has lost two in a row, but I think I think they're a year ahead of schedule. Like, I think they should be really good next year, getting Drake May back and the guys on this defense that are playing better as the season's going on. Get a year older. I think UNC is a year ahead of schedule, so that's a good Duke's. Can, can, can Duke's we talk fast. about how Travis Shaw looks? By the way, Travis Shaw, after one year of being in the Carolina nutrition weight room and all that kind of stuff, did yep. you see him? He's wearing the number four. Yep, four. That's a big, big number four. And he looks like a damn monster. But go ahead, you were talking about Duke. Uh, Duke is Duke. Mike Elko has done the impossible, it seems, and turned that program around in the season. Um. So Duke is in a good spot. And Mike Norvell, what he's done at Florida State, when I said earlier that the best team in the ACC right now is not playing in the ACC championship game, Florida State is the best team in the ACC right now. And they would be either one of these teams playing tomorrow night. I, I don't even know what it's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different outlets are are talking about what would the real ACC football championship look like? Who are the two best teams in the ACC? It would be Florida State and who? I don't know. <laughs> You're going to let Clemson and Carolina sort that out, I guess. I, <laughs> I the Florida State the best one right now, in my opinion. They have been the most consistent. I mean, I'm not saying they should be in the championship game. They lost the three games in a row. Two of those games, they probably should have won. Um, but it is what it is. But right now, the way things stand, they are playing the best. Uh, and they are going to be they're going to be interesting for the bowl committee, depending on how things shake out because of where they're sitting in the rankings at 13. Yeah, and, and I'm, I don't even want to talk about the bowl rankings. You know, uh, you know, being a Tennessee guy and seeing Alabama ranked ahead of Tennessee, and I'm like, oh, well, oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why that is. Yeah, I know, I know. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it doesn't matter though. I mean, I thought, I mean, I'm sorry, it does it matter. Does, it does matter. It does, it does matter. matter. It does. But just in first of all, Joe Milton did a great job going in and destroying Vanderbilt. Okay. He did yep. a great job. Yep. Um, and that's a Vanderbilt team that beat Florida. Okay? They can play. I mean, they, there were some sparks that year. But I just don't think it's fair, and this is me as a fan talking. Now, I get it. Membership does have its privileges. Hence, this whole thing about, did you see that little snippet come out about the Rose Bowl actually getting a choice? Like, Ohio State's not necessarily – if Michigan makes the college football playoff, then Ohio State's not obligated to the Rose Bowl, and the Rose Bowl could actually pick Penn State because nobody in Buckeye land traveled to the Rose Bowl last time they were in it. Was it last year? Yeah, I believe so. And now they're lurking. That yeah. trash – Trash! Oh, here it comes. It's just going to happen, and I'm sorry we're on the radio for it. Oh, my God. They're so bad, Ryan. They are so bad, and I'm embarrassed that their head coach shares your first name. Ohio State has no business <laughs> being in the top 9, 9, 10, 8. I'm sorry, Jared Rolfes. I, I, mean, I agree sorry, with you. I, they, the, not the way, uh, not the way they, they got beat down. They are trash. Not the way they got beat down. That'll belong up there. I agree. But somehow I think they're going to get in. I don't think they're going to get in. And I want, as much as I have confidence in Michigan beating Purdue, there's always 
always going to be in the back of my mind the fact that Michigan is coached by Harbaugh. <laughs> I don't think and it. And it's not, it wasn't all that long ago, Ryan, where people were worried about the man in khakis and had him on the hot seat. I, I think of the four teams that are sitting in the top four right now, I, I mean, I think you have to say USC is the most vulnerable. Uh, and they're playing great, honestly. I don't say that in any disrespect to them. I say that because they're playing the one team that beat them this season already in Utah, who's who's a really good team. Um, and where you know, did they Utah's, put Utah? Utah's 11th, I think. Okay, so, so basically, if Purdue and Utah win, maybe that gets Alabama in, maybe? I would probably put Alabama and Ohio State in would be my guess. Well, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Ohio State getting in if it means I get to watch them get boat raced. I don't want – I want – of the current options given, I want the four teams you have right now. Absolutely. That's the be- – I think that's the best <laughs> thing because I think that the number one team in the country is Georgia. The team – I'm always going to go with the team with the best defense. And Georgia think, has the number one defense. I, I think if we get the matchups we have right now, too, <clears> we would actually get two good semifinal games. Yeah, and that'll be great. Those, those yeah. of you who are still celebrating, uh, one of our former colleagues, uh, Brett Wiseman, celebrating having 12 teams in the playoff. Bro, we've had four teams for years, and the semifinal games have largely been snooze fests. Mm-hmm. Guys, I mean, I'm all for it, and that's the last thing I'm going to say about it. I'm all for it if it keeps all the bowls, because I like having all the bowls. I like having football on in my house. So whatever makes you happy. We're we're still going to end up with the right four. I think, I mean, I think the expand, like 12 is just too many to me. I've said that. Like, I just, like, now the national championship game is going to be played on, like, January 19th and January 20th. Or something like that, which is just too far back. And, and what happens if Stetson Bennett, let's just say if we had a 12-team, let, let, let's put the top 12 in there, and uh, there's a, let's see, they Georgia gets a bye, and uh, Stetson Bennett gets injured and can't play the rest of the season in a blowout win over uh, Utah. They're what do you mean? You mean Caleb Williams? I'm ta- no, I'm talking about Stetson Bennett. I'm, ta- I'm talking about what happens when a team that's on the when – when a key player that was going to be in the final, a player like Stetson Bennett, um, a, a, a key player, and he gets knocked out in, in some inconsequential game that they were going to win going away anyway. Well, I think that's – you know, people will say, well, that's just football. Yeah, that's like not. That. It's stu- it, it it's stupid. <laughs> now that I'm good and riled up, <laughs> Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> Jonathan Stewart played at Oregon State, I believe. I enjoyed Jonathan Stewart playing in college and in the pros. Called no, he, played, in- he played. He played. He played at Oregon. At Oregon. I'm sorry. Gosh, yeah. I insulted him. Oops. He actually that has a uh, that makes me feel has, bad. When he uh, when he was um, so I went and uh, we used to when I worked in Martinsville and we uh, we carried the Panthers games. We actually went and like toured the stadium one day, uh, like they did, for, they did for the affiliates and stuff. And uh, he actually had oh I doubt he still got it, but he had like a Camaro. That had like the Oregon duck colors and had like the Oregon logo on it. It was pretty cool. <laughs> while you were there, while you were there, did he call you a loser? Because he, <laughs> he did not me, call me a loser. He called me indirectly a loser on Desmond's little Carolina pot and podcast. The Believe Why'd he in call Carolina you? podcast. Because Desmond, oh, because you've been saying they, they were they were discussing the text. Desmond brings up the text that I sent him that said eh, they're playing well. This is not good for their draft choices. They'd be better off losing this game. And um, he and he go and he didn't mention me by name. 
thank you, Desmond. And then Jonathan <laughs> said, that guy sounds like a loser. <laughs> I may be a loser for a great many number of reasons, Mr. Stewart, because I'm, I'm going to call him Mr. Stewart because I've already called him a beaver and I shouldn't have. <laughs> and he could whoop my ass. Well, However, no question about that. <laughs> no but y'all did an entire show talking about getting yourself all giddy and hyped up on the prospect of potentially making the playoffs and maybe even winning the division to get out of, a, out of a group of JV scrub sub 500 teams. Mm -hmm. I am bald. I... <laughs> could lose stand to lose a few pounds but i am not on the air with my partner ryan stone talking about the possibility of a bunch of losers winning a loser division only to get pounded in the playoffs so that they could be nationally known as what everybody knows them all as now losers yep I have spoken. That being said, I'm really glad that Jan Sam Darnold's back at quarterback and he looked pretty good Sunday. However, <laughs> I got called I got called a loser on one of Desmond's shows. So now <laughs> Buck Nasty is in the house. You know what that means, Ryan. Buck Nasty is not real happy about being called out, especially on a junior varsity podcast. <laughs> And I'm not oh, talking wow. about I'm not talking about the quality of the podcast is junior varsity. I'm talking about the subject matter is junior varsity. Oh. Oh. I was raised on the black and gold. And mm. I am man enough when the Steelers are down. I'm man enough to watch Kenny Pickett and Mike Tomlin grow as a as a as a franchise. I like watching that process go. Do you know what they call the Carolina Panthers process most years? Desmond always likes to talk about the identity of the Panthers. Here's what the national identity is of the Carolina Panthers. Nothing. That's pretty Nothing accurate, I would say. Nothing I would agree. No, Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> and with that, Buck Nasty is going to throw it to a commercial break because coming up we're going to take a look at the high school football game of the week it's regional finals week and we're about to get whisked off in the company limo as a matter of fact it's probably the company you go now after i've just disparaged his franchise but anyway <laughs> we're going to get before we do anything else we're going to get ryan's stone cold locks you're listening to franchise players on tobacco road sports radio Franchise players are often referred to as the face of the franchise. Welcome back to the show. That is, unless uh, the boss man has not pulled us off the air yet. But anyway... Your franchise is meaningless. Anyway, uh, what do you have for us on tap with your stone cold locks? What what what's the count so far? How did you do in the NFL last week? Uh, NFL, I think we were around. About, I think we were five hundred. We were four and four overall in the NFL. So, uh, okay. not the best week. I think it was four and three in college. So a little bit better week in uh, in college. Um, but going into uh, championship week, I have two games that I – or three games that I like, two two spreads, one total uh, in uh, in college football. I'm going to start off with uh, tonight's game, actually, uh, okay. with USC, USC and Utah. The last time these two teams played, they scored 85 points between the two of them. The total is currently sitting at 68 for this game. So I'm taking the over again. Uh, they might not score 85 points this time, but I feel pretty good that they're going to go over uh, 68 in this uh, in this game. 
in terms of Saturday's games and the two spreads I like, I'm going to go with TCU minus two and a half against Kansas State. Uh, TCU won the previous matchup. Everybody keeps waiting for this TCU team to fall apart and fall on their face. It hasn't happened at this point. I don't think it'll happen again. I think they're a team that's been locked in uh, since early in the season, and I think they'll continue to show that. Uh, And the other spread I like, I'm going to take Michigan to take care of business uh, against Purdue Saturday night. Uh, minus I sixteen there. I think they will uh, win that game going away. So and, I, those and are let the me ones just, I like at this point. Okay, yeah. Well, thank you so much for for doing that. And, and let me tell you how this is going to end, Triad. Let me tell you how this is going to end. This is going to end with me in front of my television on the couch late Saturday, and me getting <laughs> a text. Me, excuse me, not even me getting a text. I'm going to see a tweet pop up on the old iPad. And it's from Ryan Stone that's going to say, I hate everybody. Because <laughs> the Boilers, now that he's taken this game, the Boilers are going to go and let Ohio State in. And I'm going to have to key his car. Because this is that, that – I'm already riled up. And this is – so, yeah, all right. I'll just mark, th- mark it down. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Uh, in right, NFL I hope action, you're right. In, in NFL action um, – I, the Titans on the road at the Eagles uh, getting five-and-a-half points. I'm going to take Tennessee as a five-and-a-half-point underdog there. I think they will keep things close in that uh, in that matchup. I know they've, uh, they've struggled a little bit at times this season, but the Eagles haven't exactly been taking care of business the way that they had been previously. Um, they've seemed yeah. a little right, little right for the picking at times. Uh, maybe they get got this week by the Titans, but either way, I think Tennessee – We'll, uh, we'll keep it close. Uh, the other spread that I right now I'm going to go with, uh, I'm also going to take the Dolphins plus four on the road at the 49ers. I, I know the 49ers have won games since they went and got Christian McCaffrey, but they haven't really been that impressive offensively. Uh, and the Dolphins are making you rich this season. <laughs> and, the, and the Dolphins are scoring a ton of points. I think that offense will travel Mike McDaniel uh, Raheem Mostert with all the and Jeff Wilson with all the motivation going into San Francisco. I think even if they lose that game, I think it's only by a field goal or less. So I'm going to take the Dolphins plus four in that spot too. Yeah, the Dolphins have paid for Ryan's new rims. Um, <laughs> yeah, they've they've done well for him. So we can go to the game if we can't take the private jet to go join Desmond tonight. Then we will uh, we'll, we'll take the Ganey. Um <laughs> Speaking of which, in mere moments, we are going to be whisked to Jamison Stadium, one of our favorite places to go to, and we get to watch Grimsley again. Last time we were there, we got to see Jamal Jarrett do Jamal Jarrett things, which is something very astutely you said he hadn't been ha- had to be called on to do to be superhuman this season. And when they needed him against Independence and then last week against Huff, he has come out and been a five star Division One lineman. Mm-hmm. He's been a beast, no question. And I think that tonight, and and we're, we've got a, a pregame show for you. So don't go anywhere. Yeah, first of all, don't go anywhere once we because Des, Desmond's not anywhere else. Desmond's with us. Desmond's working <laughs> for us tonight. All right. <laughs> if he matter of fact, kicked you off. If he hasn't kicked you off the area, if, if he hadn't kicked, I'm gonna have to bring a bat. Yeah, bring me a sandwich and some coffee. Um, I'm just, I'm just joking. No, I'm not. I, just, I hope it's not cold in there. Um, look, I think that this is the, a great opportunity, obviously, for the Whirlies. They got a tough Weddington team coming to town. They're very well coached. They're, as Stuart Scott used to say, Andy Capone, their head coach, is cool as the other side of the pillow. Like, he does not take things too seriously. You had this experience last year. I got to experience this year. I sent him a quick email. Hey, coach, can you send me, you know, some information to prepare for your game? He sends it. He sent everything but his playbook. Okay? Like, he does not care. He's he's got, you know, no wonder Willard likes him. I just realized that. Because they're the same same dude, except that Willard's, Willard's a little bit touched. 
I remember a, a few years ago we're talking with, did I tell you this story? A few years ago, working with Joe over at the News and Record, Joe's doing these videos. Um, he's asking coaches to kind of do a chalk talk, right? And draw yeah. up different plays. And like you had different coaches that wouldn't do it um, because coaches are notoriously, you know, like secret agent, right? And they always think that people are going to steal their stuff. So like big name coaches weren't doing, I won't say his name, but <laughs> no, I'm not going to say his name because he'll probably be back. Um, anyway, they get to Willard and he, they go, he go, Joe says, see if Todd will do it on short notice. I'm like, sure. Uh, he's going to say no though. So Willard says yes, immediately. And Joe goes over there to shoot it. And he calls me laughing. And Willard <laughs> has, he said, Willard drew up his base offense and showed how it ran it. This is the offense that had Christian Beal in it. Yeah. So everybody else was given like BS stuff. And Todd was given that. That's the kind of guy that Todd, that Andy Capone is. Um, and so, and to a point, Daryl is too. Daryl's a guy that wants you to, you know, he's going to run his stuff. Yep. And 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 you got to stop it. And this is one of the points I was I was going to make, and we'll talk about it um, in the pregame show as well. Ryan, you you and I both know when we see Grimsley get into certain formations, whether it's likely to be a running a run or a pass, or at the very least, hey, they like to run out of this. Yeah. Um. And and they're not worried at this point. I don't think about being predictable what they're worried about is execution yeah, what, what is it that you're what is it that you're looking for in tonight's game um i think i think the big thing for grimsley is you know how do they how do they come back from last week's thriller um i think i think grimsley is no knock on weddington uh we know weddington as a team is always going to be fundamentally sound um but I, I think Grimsley is the more talented team. I, I think the big thing for them is just trying to get back up and refocus after playing such a hard-fought classic game last week. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? I tell you what. We'll use we'll use the pregame show to talk about the matchup and Weddington, and we'll use the last few minutes we got here to talk about Jackson Henry, Grimsley. <laughs> football legend and yeah. let me tell you something jackson henry all year long do you know what he has done jackson henry has kicked the ball off and he has kicked extra points when he wasn't decoying for ryan stevens to fake the extra point to terrell anderson in the corner okay i've seen jackson henry kick off more than anybody else in history and yeah. that's just this season and last season right yeah, I would say that. Yeah, 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 he was fair. doing it last year for Alonzo. May have been even worse last year. So for him to all of a sudden, you know, have a tap on his shoulder like, uh, we're going to need you and kick not one, but two clutch field goals. Now it's not, they weren't 40 yard, 40 yarders. They didn't need to be. It's high school. And high school yeah. kicking is suspect, not Jackson Henry. He, they needed his team needed him to kick two big time field goals in the cold to help his team season to stay alive, and uh, I applaud him for it. And I, you know what? If I were Jackson, prom season's not that time, you know, not that far away. <laughs> Go ahead and line the date up. That what you're saying? I would have it like when you uh, when he opens his law. This is what I would do when like in my locker at school. Every time I'd have it rigged so when my locker opened, I you all you saw was his kick and the post game celebration. <laughs> I would ride that for as long as I possibly could. Heck, I would make a logo out of it. Go to Fiverr.com. I was going to say, gonna yeah, say get, a, get a t shirt. Get a t shirt with it on it. Yeah, it says Jackson. Freaking Henry, yeah. Just and have that on there. I, I I would find a way. Can we? It's too bad that the NCHSAA wouldn't rule on that on NIL this week because Jackson Henry, I'd be his agent. I don't know how <laughs> legal that would be easy either, but I could help him make a, enough money to take his date out prom night. 
We can monetize that. He's all right. Forget the Division One guys. Forget about all those guys. Jackson Henry went out after kicking the 700 kickoffs this season, went out and made two biggest field goals in the last 10 years, I dare say. For Gr- two big for ones, Grimsley. no question. For Grimsley, so yeah, it, no question. For Grimsley, it, it, yeah. So I, we look forward to seeing him tonight. Big news while we're talking about the association. Um Good news, Ryan. The uh, basketball officials aren't going to walk out in January because uh, they're going to get a 10% raise uh, across the board. Um, That's good for them. Uh, What people don't realize is that uh, the association pays referees directly, and uh, they used to get a flat fee for working double headers, and it wasn't necessarily fair, and they hadn't had a, a raise in a long time. So the officials got together. Um, as a group and said, hey, we're going to walk out in January unless we can do something about our pay. Because the behavior, as you and I well know, that they have to endure ain't exactly spectacular these days. So good on the officials. All right. Now let's do teachers and coaches. And I realize the association doesn't have anything to do with that. But it's time for the association to act as the advocates. Yeah. Can you be the advocates for their coaches? Their coaches and their teams have to play by the association's rules. So now the association needs to step up and address the school systems individually and say, all these coaches, now that sports, all these individual sports are year-round, these coaches are doing workouts out of season – whether it's track, it's in football, that's the most visible one. Basketball is very visible. These off-season workouts, opening up the gym to get lifts in and all that kind of stuff, for free. These assistants, they have small stipends, and I think they get them, you know, in Winston-Salem, Forsyth County, I think they're nine months, if that. Grim, uh, Guilford County is the same. Now, some systems already have their coaches on 11-month stipends. That's what we want them to do. I don't want – I have been over at, over at Reagan High School, and I've said this before, and I'm going to keep on saying this. I was over at Reagan High School this summer watching um, them work out and on multiple occasions and saw guys in their work uniforms. One, one of the top assistants there is a deputy sheriff. Yeah. But he's out there in the summer heat. Before his shift, not getting paid. And he's a public servant. All right. To quote Adrian Snow, they're going to be a part of something. That's true. So, so I, you know, I don't know what you want to add to that, but that's, that's what's been on my mind this week as the NCHSAA uh, board of directors met. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know it's certainly time to give uh, give teachers and coaches a raise. I mean, the the amount of hours they put in, the responsibility and uh, and expectation of the job itself is uh, more than enough to uh, to warrant it. Also, just you know, with everything they've had to deal with, with school, kids are seem to be more complicated. Not necessarily the kids, parents, everything going on in the world. It's a lot more to deal with today. Uh, they had to deal with COVID, obviously, uh, yep. and the amount of setbacks that's caused in uh, in education uh, across the country. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's certainly time to to also give them a raise. But good that the officials are getting one too, because they have to. <laughs> they definitely put up with a uh, with a lot of nonsense. There's no question about that. Yeah, I, I hope that I, I hope that everybody in that whole area, everybody that's supposed to be an advocate for the student athlete, um, becomes an advocate for their leaders, because these, you know, these coaches and, and teachers are are doing the Lord's work in these times. I mean, how many stories have you and I heard about people, uh, you know? It's assistant coaches give give kids rides to school, take them home after practice, feed kids, right? 
you yeah. know, if we're unsure, you know, th- th- you know, there's certain parts of our town, as much as we hate it, our area, there's a food deserts. There are some food deserts. And that's where some of our kids are. And uh, I'm just, I'm very thankful. You know, it's been a time of Thanksgiving lately across the country. I'm grateful that, you know, that kids like Riley have, are, you know, in the public school system are going to have coaches that, that care. Yeah. Now let's, oh, yeah. let's pay, let's help them get paid a little more for doing it because they do it above and beyond. That's yeah, that would be, that's, I think certainly the definition uh, when you have that job is uh a lot of them going above and beyond. I don't think there's a question about that. Well, do you have any other grievances to air? Because if not, I see that I the company Jet has pulled up on the tarmac. Let's uh, let's get to Jameson Stadium. Really, I don't want this to be our last weekend of football. I really don't. We need the Whirlies to take care of business tonight. But at least we will be back in one of our favorite places. Tonight, stay tuned. Don't even move. Don't maybe during a commercial, go get something to eat, but come back. Heck, if yep. you've got the NFH, if you've got the NFHS app, we are going to be on the app, and you can listen to us there, and you can see the video. But we will be there in just mere seconds. We're desperately out of time. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up, the game of the week on WCOG and everywhere else. It's just us, Ryan. So for my partner. Ryan Stone, this is JP Mondays. Hoping you have a great weekend. We'll see you in just a few moments and also next week on the Franchise Players.